Well, football season is only a few more days away. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Be sure to hit that like button, comment, and subscribe to our post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Also, if you're on Spotify, you're on Podbean, you're any of the, on any of the platforms uh, of the podcast slash audio type, please uh, follow us on there, do whatever. But I have a special guest today, and of course... He is one-third of the Boys in the Big Apple podcast. He is one-third of Pinstripe Chronicles, and he is also half of the Nerding Out Sports podcast. I have Donald Stewart with me. Uh, Donald, man, obviously we've been talking live on Boys in the Big Apple for weeks about football coming back. What's your thoughts, feelings, excitement? Well, thanks so much for having me on again. Um, so... Uh, well, listen, I'm always excited when it's an opportunity to see Giants football. I'm already ready to go. I'm ready to go months in advance. So this is uh, this is just uh, this is just uh, great for for me. I mean, uh, you know, when, when when the Giants season ends, it's tough. But I'm excited for a new start. I'm excited for a new beginning. I'm excited for a new coaching staff. Um, excited for roster battles. I'm excited for the whole thing. So I'm there. I'm right there with you, man. All right, so we're going to go over training camp. We're going to go over the unofficial depth chart that was actually just released a few minutes ago. Uh, the standouts, the duds, results of real contact, and then we'll actually go into uh, some matchup type stuff for the Patriots game. Um, obviously not too much to expect out of the starters, but Brian Dable said they will play, so we are going to press on it. Uh, some general camp thoughts. I'll go to you with this one first. Uh Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll go first, put my thoughts out there. And these are just okay. general thoughts. We can turn them into main discussion points as we go along. Um, I have so far six main takeaways. The O-line is being outdueled by the defensive line in the passing game. It seems like a lot of reps, Kayvon Thibodeau's in the backfield. And this isn't just the first team O-line. This is the second and third team O-line. And we've had a couple of injuries on the offensive line side of the ball with Mike Gano retiring, um, with Marcus McKeithen tearing his ACL at FanFest, which was not good. Thank you, MetLife Turf. Um, obviously, they've brought in a, a few offensive linemen in for workouts. But um, that's something I've noticed, whether it's the first, second, or third team. But something to look out for. Maybe it's... Something to look out for even in week one, not just the preseason. Uh, the O-line is doing very, very good in the running game. Saquon Barkley is getting holes blasted for him. Now, it is camp. We haven't seen the game yet, so it's tough to tell. We don't even know if Saquon Barkley is playing um, you know, in the first game. But this is a big sign. This is a big sign. And you take a look at the offensive line. All these guys have upsides. In the running game, Glowinski is more of a run blocker. Evan Neal, his best thing right now is run blocking. Same thing can be said with John Feliciano at center. Lemieux is always a run blocker, or he has been. Andrew Thomas is always good at run blocking. So that may be uh, something to look out for when it comes to week one, week two, week three, and then they try getting that passing offense more in there. Uh, the wide receivers, in my opinion, other than some drops the last few days, have looked really good. Um, guys like Colin Johnson, Austin Prale, uh, those are really two names that stick out to me. The DBs look good for the most part, but to be honest with you, I can't make a distinction of who's good uh, on the second and third team, which it's you know a positive because you don't really want your corners sticking out. At the same time, you don't know, and it's kind of a bad thing because the Giants have some holes in the back end of their secondary when it comes to the depth chart. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau looks great. We're going to go into the rookies and stuff like that, but Kayvon Thibodeau looks great so far in camp. And the QB position, whether it's Tyron Taylor or Daniel Jones, is a little worrisome. Now, this is a new offense, but at the same time, Tyron has had his days where he struggled. Daniel Jones is definitely coming off today, and we're recording on a Monday. Uh, didn't do so good. Through two interceptions, was like 5 for 16 in camp. Uh, Donald, man, what are your general thoughts both sides of the ball? My general thoughts are to start with the coaching staff. Um, I've been impressed. Most notably, uh, Wink Martindale, I think his defense is relentless. And uh, you can see that the defense is farther along than the offense. 
uh, so far. Um, it's a relentless pass Ross getting um, good man coverage and, and the secondary too. And uh, I, I think uh, Wink Martindale is doing a really good job so far with this, with, with his, with his guys. Um, you can already see the ones that are really blossoming in, in front of our eyes, most notably Thibodeau, but, I think you're going to be seeing. Uh, I think you might even see Jimenez. I think he's going to make the roster. I think he's, uh, you know, he's 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 done a decent job. Guys that are cut out for um, his his very relentless style of pass rush uh, will will definitely succeed in his his defense more so than like say a Quincy Roche. He doesn't seem to be fitting necessarily right now. But um, so first of all, the defense is what stands out most notably Wink Martindale's style. Um, I think you're seeing guys like um, Holmes has, had, has done well so far. Dory Jackson's had moments. Uh, even Flott has had some nice moments. It's been pretty physical in the slot. Um, so uh, defense for sure. Um, and in terms of uh, Ryan Dable, um, I love the fact that he's – I like the, the way he's approached – practice and team camp so far where he's not ramping it up now as we go later on we're starting to ramp it up ramp it up ramp it up now we've got back-to-back um padded practices which is which is good so um i I like that approach um and i think he's doing a really good job with the camp so far um so um you can also see um things like uh better wide receiver routes more um better concepts uh, that's what stood out to me uh, in terms of receivers, more so than like production. Uh, there's been a lot of drops, not a lot of standouts, but I can see the concept. And as long as I can see the concept, I can see that there's a vision. I can see the vision is working. So that stands out to me. Um, you're seeing the Dable's system. Um, so you're going to see a lot of play action boot, crossing routes. You're going to see a lot of that. You can see a lot of pre-snap motion um wheel routes we're seeing these as well and uh, another standout saquon barkley uh although i was criticizing him in the practice we went to he's uh he's playing with a chip on his shoulder and i like that and as you mentioned um he's getting lanes to run in now he's getting holes to run in. he's a bit more north south from what i'm reading uh over ladder practices so um what stands out to me Overall coaching staff. I like Dable, love Wink Martindale. Um, and uh, we'll need to see a little bit more of Kafka. We'll see how he does with play calling. But the most important thing is uh, is Dable and Martindale for me. All right. So I'm going to caveat to the Giants' unofficial depth chart. Um, this is the first time I'm looking at it. So some things may come as a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Donald, yet if you've looked at it, but I'm just taking a look right now. I did have um, a quick quick look, yeah. The offensive line is as expected. You know, you got Thomas, you got Lemieux, you got Feliciano, you got Lewinsky, and you got Neil. Uh, the second team, it seems that both Joshua Zudu uh, is a tackle and guard. Um, obviously, I guess they state him right now as injured because they have a little – uh, dash next to it. So he was he was carrying there. a knock. He was carrying a knock in practice today. Yeah. Um. So that's a little concerning. I know there's well, there's two asterisks when you look at the depth chart. There's a rookie asterisk, and there's a non-football injury asterisk. I'm gonna say that's just injury, but they haven't put him on any sort of list yet. Uh, the second team center is Jamil Douglas, who hasn't been that good. Uh, pretty yeah. terrible, if you ask me. Yeah. The right guard, Ben Bredesen, and the right tackle, Garrett McGinn. Uh, then you go to the third team a little bit. You got Devery Hamilton. You got Max Garcia. You got Ben Bredesen. You got Josh Rivas and Will Holden. And then some of the alternates, Roy Mbeteka, uh, Eric Smith, Will Holden, and then the injured ones being Nick Gates and Matt Parrott. So likely, uh, at least from – what I've seen in practice, Devery Hamilton will shift to left tackle for the second team. Roy Mbateka will shift to left tackle for the third team. And don't hold Eric your break, Brett. Don't hold your breath on Smith. Eric Smith? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of his. No, I'm not a fan of his either. Um, so I guess he'll be in there somewhere. 
And Royan Bateka has not played at the NFL level, so they'll probably put Smith in at left tackle. I mean, he gave up three sacks against the Jets. Uh, a very horrible game. I, I have a Jeff fan brother, so obviously that's not really something to reminisce about. Um, something for the running backs. Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida, the one and two. We all expected that. Gary Brightwell is ahead of Antonio Williams. Um, obviously, Brightwell was a sixth-round pick last year by the Judge and Gettleman regime for special teams purposes. He's got some, you know, some speed to him. Uh, he's shown that in camp a little bit when I've been watching the highlights. Antonio Williams, then you have Deshaun Corbin, Sandro Platzgummer, and Jeremiah Hall. Um, kind of expected a little bit. Brightwell has had some speed, as I said, but I'm just a little shocked overall that he's over Antonio Williams, the guy they brought in. As far as the tight end position goes, you got Daniel Bellinger, Chris Myrick, Andre Miller, Jordan Akins, Austin Allen, and Ricky Jones. Jones has missed like eight straight practices. <laughs> so I don't think he's even, you know, I think he's in the witness protection program at this point. Um, so I'm really counting on five tight ends. And unfortunately, Donald, that really goes to four tight ends because Andre Miller broke his wrist uh, in practice. And that sucks because I wanted him to at least make the practice squad. He could still do that. Um, but I wanted to really see him this preseason. Unfortunately, that's not very likely. So if you're counting out Seals Jones, if you're counting out Andre Miller, you're looking at what four tight ends right now. You're looking at Bellinger, who's a lock already. So two and three, oh, yeah. it's Myrick. It's Jordan Akins and it's Austin Allen. So personally, me, I'm rooting for Austin Allen. Then whoever you know is is in the back, Myrick or, or uh, Jordan Akins win the job. Uh, as far as wide receiver goes, they have three slots for it. They got Galladay, they got Wandale Robinson, Kadarius Tony, uh, Slayton fills in on the second team with Richie James. Then you got C.J. Board, Alex Bachman, and David Sills, Colin Johnson, Austin Prell, Keelan Doss, Marcus Kemp. Robert Foster, and then Sterling Shepard, who is on the non-football. Actually, no, he's on the PUP, not non-football injury list. But yeah. uh, your thoughts on the depth chart for the offense? Uh, tight end is worrying, uh, especially with the recent injury. Because now with Ricky Seals-Jones, who's basically been the lesser spotted Jones, I don't know where he is. Please, if, you, if anyone has any sighting of a contact him, please contact us. Contact the Giants. Like uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's, he's missing action right now. Um, so, yeah, he might be in witness protection. Um, so, you got, he was our one of our main signings, which is concerning. Uh, Jordan Aiken stinks. Uh, he's a terrible receiver of the. He has not done of, anything in camp. Well, he stinks. Thanks. Um, so you know we, we got real problems at tight end. You can look at Austin Allen and, and uh, he's he might even be tight end too. So I really think that we need to be looking at another tight end uh, unless Seals Jones just kills it in preseason. But there's not any evidence that he's even ready. So I'm worried about tight end receiver. Um, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's, it's you know, our number one Galladay is is not established himself. He's not established a rapport with Daniel Jones yet. Um, that's a concern. Tony has not endeared himself to the coaching staff. I think it's fair to say. I think, uh, I think, you know, I think some of them have some issues regarding whether he's completely locked in on football. And uh, obviously, the day did not help himself with three drops. Um, he's super talented. There's not even a question about that. He's probably the most talented receiver we have on the staff. But uh, oh boy, he's—I I don't know if he's completely locked in. So there's an issue there with him. Um, Wondell Robinson looks exciting, but he's a little undersized. But he's playing bigger than his size, which is good. Um, and then after him, well, I don't think the I don't think the off. I don't think our coaching staff love Slayton. I think it's pretty clear that that if they found better alternatives, I think they'd be looking at them. But Slayton probably has a role in this this team because he's, you know, he's he's been productive at times. And in, in fact, at one point he was slotted to be our number one receiver uh, prior to us signing Galladay. So there's a chance that that he sticks around. Um, after him, I would say Colin Johnson. Um, maybe CG board for for special teams, 
Um, uh, but I like Johnson. I think Johnson's done a pretty good job. Um, so not not great, but we'll live with receiver. Um, the running back situation, Gary Brightwell's pretty terrible. Um, so yeah, uh, let's just let's just pray that Saquon stays one hundred percent healthy. <laughs> but I like Breda. I think Breda's good. Breda's fast. He just needs to stay healthy. But it's a it's obviously a recurring theme with this uh, with this offense. Yeah, there's some major holes. I would say the major holes that we have is at tight end and at backup offensive line. Okay, so now we move to the defensive side. Your defensive lineman, you got Dexter Lawrence uh, behind him. This is nose tackle, by the way. So Dexter Lawrence, Justin Ellis, uh, DJ Davis in the rookie out of Arizona State, David Moe and Christopher Hinton. A little bit of surprise there that Moe is ahead of Hinton, but Hinton's an undrafted free agent, so you can't expect much out of him. The D-tackle position, you got Leonard Williams, Jalen Holmes, Nick Williams, and Ryder Anderson. Uh, A little bit of surprise to see Nick Williams in that third slot because I believe he's more accomplished than Jalen Holmes. And it just seems that Holmes has getting, you know, getting a little bit of favor because Mm -hmm. the defensive line coach has familiarity with him, even though he hasn't been attending camp due to personal health issues. Um, Good luck and come back soon. Andre Patterson. Um, In terms of defensive end, you got Aziz Ojolari, who's on the non-football injury list. Then you got Jihad Ward. Then you got Ellison Smith, which is expected. You look at the other defensive end position, um, also known as the outside linebacker position. If you're looking at it from a 3-4 standpoint, you got Kayvon Thibodeau, O'Shane Zimenez, Quincy O'Shane, Taman Fox. Um, to be fair with you, Donald, and all the viewers that are listening, I'm not a fan of Quincy Roche being behind O'Shane Zimenez. Um, there's a couple of reasons to go behind that. O'Shane Zimenez is a preseason flasher. He does not show anything in the regular season. Quincy Roche is more established recently. Then O'Shane Zimenez, and the thing is as well, you know, in a Martindale defense, you need to stop the run. O'Shane Zimenez is horrible with setting the edge. Quincy Roche can't do that, and he showed that last year. Uh, you take a look at the linebacker positions in terms of the inside spots. You got Martinez and Crowder. Uh, the second slots, you got Carter, Coughlin, and Darian Beavers. Then you got Micah McFadden and Cam Brown and Austin Calitro is in the fourth spot, fourth, fourth spot behind Blake Martinez. Something to note here, Carter Coughlin, um, obviously in a couple of practices that I was at, was getting some first-team reps. So he's ahead of Micah McFadden, Cam Brown, and Calitro. So that's some pretty impressive stuff for him. He can also play the edge spot, which Don Martindale may look at in terms of uh, an upside with Carter Coughlin, seventh-round pick from a few years ago out of Minnesota. You take a look at the cornerback spot, which is very, very, very important for the New York Giants. Uh, you got a Dory Jackson, Radarius Williams, Darren Evans, Gavin Heslop at the other corner position. You got Aaron Robinson, Radarius Williams again, Zion Gilbert, Darren Evans. Then you look at the nickel spot slash slot. You got Holmes. You got Cordell Flott, Khalil Dorsey, Michael Jacquet. Uh Darren Evans is in there as well, obviously, um, you know, in terms of up there. And he's ahead of Gavin Heslop. And some of the other guys like Khalil Dorsey and Michael Jacquet. So he's been having a quiet camp, but productive. Uh, You look at the safety spot, specifically the strong safety spot. You got Julian Love, Dane Belton, who's injured, Yusuf Cork, Andrew Adams, and Jerron Wilson. Then you take a look at free safety. You got Xavier McKinney, Andrew Adams, Trenton Thompson, and Nate Metters, who the New York Giants picked up a few days ago from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Your thoughts on the defensive depth chart? Much stronger. Um, I, I would be surprised if you keep an eye out for Darian Beavers possibly being a, a starter. I think he's going to replace Tate Crowder as a starter um, pretty soon. Um, Beavers has really stood out in camp. He's a big hitter. Um, he's, he's really uh, turned some heads. So um, I, I like him. And uh, Looking at the safety depth, I think there's a lot more safety depth than than uh, than I even realized. Um, I like Yusuf Cor- um, Corker. Um, I also like Adams. I like the Adams pickup. Julian Love's a monster, and Xavier McKinney is probably the the leader of the defense right now. Uh, I think he's the captain of the defense. Um, 
So, and then you've got a Dory Jackson who I think is going to have a big, big year as a CB1. Uh, so, uh, I like the defense depth. I like her pass rush a lot. Um, I'm excited to see Ojolari and Thibodeau. Um, I think they're going to absolutely kill it. And I think you're going to see a really good partnership between Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence that I notice in practice that they're really close and I think they're running by concepts together. I think they're going to be a, a machine. They're going to be like Batman and Robin together. Um, so keep an eye out on there. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. I think there'll be a lot of quarterback hits. Um, so I'm excited about the defense. Now, uh, my little... My immediate concerns, I would say, would be who's our second corner going to be? Uh, I think we probably need another corner, but as I say, I like our slot corner and I like a Dory Jackson. Um, and I know we love our Aaron Robinson, um, but we probably need a little bit more competition there at corner um, for me to be 100% satisfied. But you could see Julian Love step in as uh, in the zone and zone coverages. Uh, I think you could see that. Yeah. Um, so I think there's probably other ways in which they can counteract the the loss of Bradbury, but uh, I still think another corner would, would be would, would definitely stand us in good stead. But I'm a lot more confident in the defense depth chart than I am the offense, and we'll have to wait and see how Blake Martinez does um, at the mic, uh, returning from injury. It's a big year for him. Um, if if Blake can can prove his health, stay healthy then I'll be a lot more comfortable about the, the depth at linebacker right, right beside him. Yeah. Um, just some minor stuff. Obviously, we know who the punter is, the kicker, and the long snapper, but uh, the main punt returner and kick returner right now is CJ Board. Behind him is Darius Slayton. Behind Slayton as a kick returner is Richie James and Alex Bachman, and behind Slayton is a punt returner is a Dory Jackson. Obviously, I would rather not a Dory Jackson back there because of injury concerns. Um, but let's move on. Obviously, we talked about some rookies like Wandale Robinson, whoever. Uh, we can go into a little bit of discussion now. Which rookies, in your opinion, have stood out and which rookies have stayed quiet? I'll go with you first, Donald. Okay, so as we already mentioned, Darren Beavers. I've been impressed with Beavers. Uh, and another one I really like is uh, Joseph Cork, uh, Corker, uh, undrafted free agent from Kentucky. Um, he's kind of slowly been making a name for himself in cap. And I know that Wink Martindale has uh, has put a little bit more um, responsibility on his shoulders. Um, and uh, I was reading uh, a blog by Patricia Trina, and she was saying that. Uh, that that uh, Yosef Corker is having a really decent um, cap so far. He got a big interception at one point uh, in the in the blue and white scrimmage. So I've been impressed by him. Um, obviously, Wandale we've mentioned, Kayvon Thibodeau has been an absolute machine. So obviously, he goes out with say goes out with a, goes without saying uh, he's the obvious choice. Um, but I would also like to mention Azudu. I like that he's played a bit of tackle, a bit of guard, and I think he's had a very strong camp until his, his recent injury. Um, until then, I think he's been a standout because I wasn't sure prior to um, camp how ready he would be because um, I don't think he was necessarily the most ready uh, guard that was available at the time that we took him, but he's actually turned some heads and he's impressed me. So I think that he's another one that deserves mentioning. Yeah, um, in terms of rookies that stood out the most, I'm going to say Kayvon. That's one of the obvious ones. He's been in the backfield almost on every single play. Uh, Wandale Robinson is also another one. And, you know, mm -hmm. for a second-round pick, he should be kind of standing out. But he's been really good this camp on the offensive side of the ball. Moving a little bit to the undrafted free agents, uh, I think Andre Miller, before he got hurt with a wrist injury, I thought he was doing really well, caught a touchdown from Daniel Jones with the first team uh, in the blue and white scrimmage slash fan fest, the one I was at. Um, also was taking some fullback reps and was learning how to block. So 
that guy would have been a development in progress, and he still can be. Uh, if they put him on IR or if they do something like that, just move him on the practice squad, try to keep him. I mean, I think, you know, there could be something there. Jeremiah Hall with the injury to Miller has been getting his, re- uh, his reps amped up with the ones as a fullback, as a running back, as an H back overall. Darren Evans has had a good camp, at least in my opinion. Um, he's starting to stand out a little bit, you know, getting the threes. Uh, you know, not too many particular plays, but notice like when he goes up against Slayton, when he goes up some, against some other receivers, he's not getting beat easy. He's making some pass breakups, and we need physical corners. Um, some rookies that have stayed quiet, in my opinion, Taman Fox and Jashawn Corbin, and also Trenton Thompson, if we're talking about undrafted free agents. Um, you know, Jashawn Corbin, obviously he's at the back of the depth chart for a reason. He's got a lot of guys in front of him, and he's going to have to show something in these preseason games. Uh, if he wants to stay on the roster, if he wants to stay on the practice squad. Same thing could be said for Tamon Fox. He did have a sack today on, uh, I believe it was Davis Webb, and uh, it was off your favorite guy, uh, Donald. It was off Eric Smith. So <laughs> he can take advantage of some of these two, three guys that, you know, against the Patriots and against the Bengals. If you take advantage, he can find himself on the practice squad. Trenton Thompson. I like him better than Yusuf Corker because he can actually cover and he could do a little bit more than him. Uh, the problem is he went to a smaller school, but he hasn't really stood out. He's been a little bit more quiet than I uh, would have imagined. Then two other I guys. I think Corker's uh, – what I like about Corker, he's a ball hawk. Uh, I think uh, I think you need more playmakers uh, on defense. And Corker's shown a proclivity of being more of a ball hawk. He's getting interceptions. He's, he's in and around – the ball he's looking to make plays. I think that's why Wink Martindale is giving him more, more responsibility. So at the moment, I actually disagree. I think Corker is better than Thompson. Yeah. Um, and then two other rookies who have stayed quiet, Micah McFadden and Darian Beavers. Beavers started getting his reps amped up a little bit more. Uh, but the thing is, though, Micah McFadden, he hasn't really stood out. And he's a guy I'm really excited for this year. And I think that excitement stays. Um, but I think he's just learning at the NFL level. And a guy like Carter Coughlin's ahead of him. Which is fine. It's not like Micah McFadden's going to get cut. We're in no position to do something like that. Um, but with that being said, good for Coughlin. So those are some rookies. Uh, I like Carter Coughlin. I think he's a tough dude. I've always liked him. I liked him when we drafted him. I think he's tough. It was it was a really unfortunate that he got hurt. Um, I like him in the linebacker spot rather than a pass rusher. Yeah, and he's still working with that transition, but. We'll see what happens in uh, the preseason. Donald, two position battles you're looking forward to. Well, I like the slot corner position battle. Uh, Flaw and Darnay Holmes comes out, jumps out to me. Uh, who's going to be getting the most reps there? Um, Darnay Holmes, I think, has got the edge up. Uh, I know that the coaching staff has been very impressed with Holmes. Uh, I think... Uh, I think is it Wink that calls him Dirty Thirty? Um, they they like they like him a lot. He's been making some plays, so I think Darnie Holmes is a leg up. But Flaw has been uh, he's you know he's been beaten a couple times. He fell over and allowed Slayton uh, a big play last week, and uh, another occasion he allowed Colin Johnson to beat him for a touchdown. That aside, that being said, he's actually um, had some big. Big days, I believe. Uh, July twenty seventh practice, he had a huge day, and uh, and uh, people are are liking a lot of a flaw. So I think that's a position battle that I'm quite excited about. Um, another one, safety. Um, who's going to be taking the the safety spot besides uh, McKinney? I would dispute, assume Julian Love, but then of course, you know, you get some good competition behind him with uh, Thompson, Adams, and Corker. I think. Uh, I think you could be seeing some three safety looks. Um, I think there's a bunch of different ways in which they can make it work. So I'm quite interested to see who's who's going to come out of that battle um, and win it. And then I guess another one would be receiver. Who's going to be the third or fourth receiver? Not third, sorry, fourth. Fourth or fifth receiver. I'll be very interested to see who, uh, who wins that battle because um, I really like Richie James. Yeah, I do too. I mean, he's had a really good camp. Uh, two position battles I'm looking forward to. Tight end. Daniel Bellinger is a lock. 
I'm Jim Miller got hurt. Jordan Akins has not done much of anything. Chris Myrick's been okay. He's been getting reps with the first team. Ricky Seals Jones is in witness protection. So who's <laughs> going to be that second and third tight end? And it's basically going to be, in my opinion, on what skill set they want. Because if they intend to go with the route of success right now, they want to run it the first few weeks. They're not taking Jordan Akins. They're taking Chris Myrick. They're taking Bellinger. And they're going to take Austin Allen. If you want to just say, okay, we're going to blow the doors off. We're going to go through the struggles of this passing offense for the first few weeks. Then it'll get better down the stretch. Go with Jordan Akins because he's a better receiving tight end. Even though then I would still take Austin Allen because of the upside. Not necessarily, once again, a fan of what Jordan Akins has been this entire camp. Um, another position I'm looking forward to in terms of battle, backup tackle and guard. The depth has gone completely scarce since we started camp. We thought we were going to have this you know, great backfield, great room of offensive linemen outside of our starters. Uh, that's not necessarily the case anymore. Josh Azudu, that's a guy who's going to make the team, obviously. Um, I think Ben Bredesen could also make the team now. I didn't predict him to make the team originally, but with a couple of guys going down, you're going to need a veteran presence. And is he the best? No, but is he better than Jamil Douglas? Yes. Um, so that inside also, Max Garcia, you know, getting reps with the third team, that's not necessarily ideal because you brought him in. He started a lot of games at center last year. It's a little bit of a disappointment if you ask me. Um and then you got the tackle position. It's not necessarily something I'm confident in. Will Holden, you know, he's played a few games over the course of his career. I know he played a few last year. And then Eric Smith, uh, I think the last time he got NFL action, true NFL action, was with the Giants back in 2019, and he did not play good. He got three, gave up three sacks against the New York Jets uh, when Nate Solder went out with a concussion. So it's enticing, but at the same time, it is much worrisome in terms of those position battles um, i'm more confident to be honest with you in the tight end position rather than the backup offensive tackle and guard and they may have to go out and make some trades with the waiver wire again uh at the end of august early september yes um, i think you'll be looking at a different backup tackle and guard depth and center depth once the waiver wire starts heating up a little bit at the end of august september because we really need some help there. It's not a ringing endorsement on Garcia that he's uh, <laughs> he's listed the third team, not a ring endorsement at all. Um, you know, it's I'm not overly blown away by some of these pickups, uh, but I remember, you know, it's just really hard to judge because Joe Shane is back was against the wall. He had zero coverage, none, absolutely none. So he's he's doing his best to pick up guys here and there and, and, and find try and catch lightning in a bottle. Um, some are going to work, some won't. Um, obviously, it, you can't put the death nail on them now because we've not even had any preseason or anything like that, so maybe they'll, they'll step up. But, uh, yeah, I, we're very concerned about the depth. Uh, after uh, Gunno went down, that's really kind of worried me now because he actually was having a very decent practice. That we that we that we went to, uh, he looked pretty damn good. So he's a loss, uh, his retirement. So yeah, there's there's kind of a glaring hole now. Yeah. Um, two more before we get into the Giants Patriots preview. Do you believe the offense will show their true colors, or at least some of their true colors, in the preseason, knowing that there are new offense, new coaching staff, and teams will be looking for with their plays well it's interesting word choice true colors i don't know what their true colors are yet so um let's be honest we we don't know yet um it's a work in progress this offense is going to be a work in progress you're going to see guys that are going to catch on quick and there's going to be guys that aren't um i guess all i can say is i fully believe in this offense um in practice, you're seeing, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I'm liking the creativity, I'm liking the play calling, I'm liking all those factors, and I think eventually it's going to pay off. Um, 
the only thing is um, I want to dampen expectations because today's practice offensively was a complete and utter disaster, complete shambles. Um, so, I mean, it's good that it's happening in practice, but I, I can't envisage a scenario where they're just going to click a finger, turn on a light bulb, and suddenly they're going to be, you know, rocking and rolling against the Patriots. This is all going to be a work in progress. So I'm, I'm not going to have the highest expectations. I think it will get better, though. And I, I think you're just going to see some signs, and it'll be a work in progress. As I said, the defense is a lot further on than the offense. Yeah. Um, definitely agree with the progress, of the offense, how it's going to be during the season. I just don't think they're going to show a lot. And once again, do we really know what their offense is going to be like? No. But what I saw at FanFest, it was basic routes. It was curls. It was stick. It was some of that stuff. And after two years of Jason Garrett, where in the preseason, at least the one they did have last year, they just went out there and, you know, curl routes and stuff like that. That's what they did. And they weren't afraid to show it also at the same time. They knew that was going to be the same thing because it was the second year of the regime. Um, with that being said, I think it's going to be basic stuff. And it's a telling tale a little bit that the Giants have had much more offensive progress and practice than they did at FanFest. Because at FanFest, in my opinion, with people, you're not going to stop 30K people from recording. And that's going to get on social media and all that stuff. And I rewatched some people's vlogs. I'm like, they're basic curl routes, stick routes, whatever. You saw that last year. So I don't think there's going to be true colors this preseason. But what I would like to see is progress, a rapport, and blocking. You know, maybe it's quick concepts. Maybe it's play action concepts. Whatever they choose, just block well. Just block well. Because there's going to be, in the next few weeks, some very good rushers going against our starting offensive linemen and even depth offensive linemen. Um, so before we get into the Giants Patriots preview, this has been a topic that has been surrounding Giants Twitter. I kind of want to address it a little bit. The Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor stuff. Tyrod Taylor was put in today for only one rep and then Jones finished the practice. Of course, um, some are calling for him to get first team reps. Some are calling for him to be an open comp, you know, the whole thing to be an open competition, while some are saying this is the year of Daniel Jones and you're not really expecting this team to win, why put in Tyrod Taylor unless you need wins? Uh, Donald, I know you're a guy that's pretty much tired of Daniel Jones, but give your opinion. The floor is yours. Um, the, the Giants are going to give it every opportunity for Daniel Jones to be the quarterback now and in the future. That's what they want. Um, it. it it's it's the most ideal scenario for them. It means they don't have to waste a first round pick next year on another quarterback. They want it to work for Daniel Jones, right? So that's why you only saw one, um, one short stint of of Tyrod Taylor for like thirty seconds. Apart from that, the whole practice was Daniel Jones with the ones. So that's what you're going to be. That's what I'm. I think this making a very clear, clear, clear point to the fan base, to the media, that Daniel Jones is their is their guy. They want Daniel Jones to get as many reps as possible to get as comfortable as possible in the offense because what Daniel Jones has that Tyrod Taylor doesn't have is upside. Daniel Jones has the upside. I'm not a big supporter of Daniel Jones, not a big fan of him, but I'm not stupid. I know exactly that he has the upside over Tyrod Taylor. He does. He's got the arm. He's, he can run like hell. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he can – he's certainly – capable of being on a, an average to above average quarterback. He's not there yet, but he's capable of it. And uh, Tyra Taylor is already what we already know what he is. I like Tyra Taylor, but I think we all know what he is. And if the Giants end up making Tyra Taylor the, the quarterback one, I think it's a clear sign that they don't believe in Daniel Jones anymore. So I don't think it's going to be that's they're going to be there yet. You know, the, he just said Daniel Jones had a terrible practice today. Did not help his case, but I, I like that if I'm going to be complimentary of the fact that they're supportive of him. You know, they didn't – they just took him out for, 
for a very brief period, but in general, they're supportive of him because they, they know, just like everyone knows, that you're going to have bad practices. It's going to happen. It, but better happen, better that happens now um, than, uh, than down the line. So uh, I, I think the reason why you didn't see much of Tyler Taylor were the ones is because they're really invested in Daniel Jones marking this year. You're going to get as much opportunity as possible. He's going to get as much opportunity as possible to prove himself. And I think that's the right thing to do. It's the right approach. I agree with you. And I've said before, since that Bucks game, Daniel Jones is not the guy for the future. And I've supported just giving him a chance. I don't think it would be – it wasn't necessarily ideal for the Giants to go after a quarterback. It wasn't necessarily ideal for all that stuff. This is the year of Daniel Jones. Can he prove it? Can he not? Um, you know, I could see why maybe middle of the season fans would call for Tyrod Taylor. Right now he's better, but he doesn't have the upside like you said. Tyrod Taylor exactly. is what he is. Has he ever thrown over 25 touchdowns in a season? I'm going to do live research right now. Um, obviously, he can do stuff with the legs. And the only, in my opinion, the only scenario he gets called in is because of injury or serious bad play. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor, in terms of touchdown-wise, you want to know how many touchdowns is his highest in his career. Go ahead and throw a number out there. Let's say 23. 20. And this, listen, I'm not trying to knock the guy, but this is what he is. 20 touchdowns, let's be real. That doesn't get it done in today's NFL. Sure, if the Giants were a running offense, if they were scripted like uh, uh, Philly or San Francisco, different story. But with that being said, Tyrod, 20 touchdowns, it's not going to get it done. And I don't know. Although Daniel Jones would love that. After yeah. the year he had last after, year. <laughs> after, after, after two years. After two years, yeah. no less. I think, to be honest with you, in the last two years, he's got to have thrown 20 touchdowns or 21 touchdowns because of the low production he's had and the offense has had. But once again, do I think Tyron is better and a little bit more mature at this point? Yes. The upside is for Daniel Jones. This is the year of Daniel Jones. And this ain't a win-now season. Fans have been tired of losing, and that's damn right on them, right? You know, I'm tired of losing. Donald's tired of losing. But at the same time, we can't be rushing things for the sake of we want a better quarterback in there. Go out next year if you're unhappy with the quarterback playing. Select a quarterback. I would fully support that. So those are my thoughts on this whole quarterback. Yeah, exactly, because look at it another way. What if – Midway through, Daniel Jones completely stinking up the joint today, which he did. He's like five for 16 with like two, three interceptions, right? Um, what if they had Tyrod Taylor get extended snaps? Do you know what's going to be? It's going to be all over Twitter. The beat writers are going to be doing their job, and they're saying Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor had a, what got equal snaps in the yeah. first team. And then suddenly that becomes a question. And suddenly – Brian Dable has to answer that question. Suddenly, most importantly, Daniel Jones has to answer that question. That is not the kind of pressure I believe that the Giants want to put on A, the coaching staff, and B, Daniel Jones this early. It's too early to do that, right? Now, Daniel Jones has had a very inconsistent um, training camp. Uh, You know, at times he's made some big plays. At times he's looked utterly disgraceful. So, that's just the way he is. Um, I, I, it's hard to put into words exactly what to expect from Daniel Jones this year, but it doesn't help that he's learning an entirely new offense. So I think you're going to see a lot of growing pains. He's going to throw a lot of stupid interceptions. He's going to get sacked a lot because he still struggles to discern plays, discern coverages. Um, that's one of his big bugaboos for me, and he really struggles with uh, accuracy, especially um, back shoulder throws he does struggle with that um i think guys jump him a lot that seems to be his big thing tyrod taylor is much better at reading offenses sorry reading defenses and just moving that offense down the field boom 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 just is a lot, lot, lot more efficient a lot better at it but he doesn't have the upside that daniel jones has we already as you say we already know what tyrod taylor is we don't necessarily know what daniel jones is yet i have a pretty good idea 
And I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a future quarterback of the Giants, but we don't know 100% yet. And that's what they're trying to try and find out this year. So there's a reason that he's going to get every opportunity at the one. Yeah, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to make excuses for for Daniel, but there's two things that factor into you know this quarterback play uh, through camp. Is I think they've simplified the offense for Tyrod Taylor. Uh, obviously, you know I think when we were at practice, you saw a lot of more quick throws. You did see some deep balls on occasion, but a little bit more of the quick passes and stuff like that. And obviously, we know Tyrod Taylor can use his legs and all that. Um, but also as well, now I just forgot the point i was gonna go on but oh yeah the, the point is imagine him against the defense that's blitzing every time mm-hmm. so that's, that's you're not gonna get perfect results you're not no. you're just not and that's not an excuse that's just a fact well no but, it is a fact and it's also a fact that it's just practice i mean i'm sorry eli manning in his rookie year struggle in practice Everybody struggles in practice. It's not. I'm not worried about practice. Let's see how we how he does in preseason. Let's see how he does final game of preseason, but he's going to probably get extended extended game time. Um, let's keep an eye on that. Let's keep an eye on week one. Then we'll have a better idea um, of, of what's happening with with Daniel Jones and how quick he's picking up this offense. I still think that there's a pretty a decent chance that Tyrod Taylor maybe takes over at some point this year. But there's also a very good chance that Daniel Jones really picks it up and starts making some plays. And I really do think that that, that the Giants want to um, give him every opportunity to succeed. All right. So now let's break into Giants versus Patriots. Uh, we're going to go into a few segments and then cut it out from there. One thing I want to talk about, it has nothing to do with the Patriots. It does, but it doesn't. It's a simple principle. The results of real contact. I'm so excited to see that. I don't care if Jones throws three interceptions or Tyrod throws three interceptions or Davis Webb throws three interceptions. We've been seeing all camp. This guy gets in the backfield. They're not calling sacks. They're no. not. I don't know why they're not. That's a coaching staff decision, whatever. I guess they want them to progress through the routes and all that. Terms of offense, but Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor will finally feel the heat. The offensive line will finally have coordination as to when you know those guys get in the backfield, whether they allow a sack or is it just a pressure, whatever, because they will be allowed to hit the quarterbacks when talking about the defensive ends. Now, you talk about the other side of the football for the New York Giants. Guys like Ellerson Smith, guys like Quincy Roche that are competing for a roster spot, but behind Kayvon Thibodeau, behind Jihad Ward, behind Aziz Jalari, those guys will finally be able to get in the backfield, stop the run, pressure the quarterback, whatever the case may be. And they get to do it, in this case, against the new play caller in Matt Patricia. We may laugh about it, but he's new. Is he going to have any idea what he's doing? I don't know. But Ellerson Smith, all those other guys I mentioned will finally be able to feast in the backfield. And we could see if Ellerson, if Ellerson Smith is just having a good camp or is it just general progress from the second-year man out of northern Iowa. Your thoughts? I agree. Ellerson Smith will be interesting to, to see how he gets on. I'm, I'm not overly worried about results, but it's going to be fun to, to see – some hard hit in action again. You're right about that. It's weird that they're not calling sacks. Why do you think they're doing that? Offensive progression, I guess. Wide receivers finishing routes, quarterbacks finishing throws. I guess to teach them, okay, you could try to evade pressure and still make a play out of it. I mean, I don't know. So do you think they're know, prioritized? That means they're prioritizing offense rather than defense when both things are just as important. Yeah, I mean, I think I if you that, I think if you get in the backfield, you deserve credit for that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely agree with you, but it, I guess it's a even Steven type thing because they're not calling sacks, but they're blitzing on almost every play in camp. Right. So that's I guess that's where they're going. Um, next one: five roster bubble players that need yep. a performance boost. Now we may share some. I'm gonna go first with mine. 
Quincy Roche. He's been getting reps with the third team, some on the second team, but mostly with the third team. He needs to show out. He's a guy that I've really liked coming off of last uh, last year, forcing a fumble against Patrick Holmes, forcing a fumble against Derek Carr. So I guess you know AFC West quarterbacks are his thing. But to be real, to get down to the nitty-gritty, he needs to have a good day uh, just generally in the field, not just rushing the passer, making plays, stopping the run, getting himself in position so that his teammates can make plays, whether it's setting the edge, doing something like that. Um, it's a little bit of a shame that he's behind O'Shane Zimenez and Ellison Smith because he can stop the run. He can do a little bit more than they can, but obviously we'll have to see uh, when that's put to the test. Colin Johnson. He's not necessarily a guy that fits the offense. He can play special teams, though. Um, special teams is not something I'm necessarily concerned about, but Colin Johnson has had a nice camp, whether it's on 50-50 balls, fades, whatever, slants, over-the-middle passes. He's had a nice camp, and we need, like, three receivers um, at the end of that depth chart for the wide receivers. So there's that. Keelan Doss, he's had on and off camp some drops, but he could be potentially a preseason star. And he needs to get back on an NFL roster, hasn't been on an NFL roster getting snaps since 2020 with the Raiders. So he needs to really have a good game here. Tight end Jordan Akins. Obviously, the tight end position, as we've discussed many times on this podcast episode before, it's going very scarce. Um, not, I'm not talking about NFL, but I'm talking about specifically with the Giants. You know, you got Daniel Bellinger, Andre Miller went down. Ricky Seals-Jones is probably injured. So you have three tight ends competing for two positions. They're not keeping four tight ends. Hell, they may just carry two tight ends. So Jordan Akins, exhibit yourself as a blocker and go out there and exhibit yourself as a pass receiver. And Trenton Thompson, he's at the back end of the depth chart in terms of uh, the safeties. I think he needs to have a good game, a solid game overall, and he's going to be work in progress. But I believe he has more of a skill set covering and just doing stuff overall as a safety rather than a guy like Yusuf Corker, who may be more of a fit to Wink's scheme. Donald, five rosterable players, in your opinion, that need a performance boost. Uh, Jameel Douglas jumps out to me. Uh, he's really struggled in the reps as, as a backup center to Feliciano. You have to consider if he continues to struggle. Um, that they just don't cut him and look for a replacement. Um, not been impressed with him. Jordan Akins, absolutely. I, I had Ricky Seals slash Jordan Akins, but I think Seals Jones is probably going to get every opportunity to succeed. I think there'll be less opportunity for Jordan Akins because Jordan Akins has been pretty terrible. So he really needs to have a pretty darn good preseason for me to be comfortable with him moving forward. So he's definitely there. Slayton, um, he's he doesn't seem to be a fit with this coaching staff, um, even though I think he's got the talent, but his drops is a real problem. He drops the ball a lot. Um, but he's capable of making big plays too, and he's also shown that he's got a nice chemistry with Daniel Jones as well. Shown better chemistry with, with uh, Daniel Jones than, say, Kenny Galladay. So uh, Slayton will need to step up. But I think it's pretty clear with the way the depth chart is made out that Slayton is not a preferred option. Um, I'd be surprised if both Slayton and Colin Johnson make the roster. Uh, I think it's going to be one or the other. Um, I think CJ Board is, is, is established. I think he's going to make it because of his special teams. Um, you, you know, he's, he's really good on special teams, so I think he's going to definitely make it. You, you, know, you know the three that's definitely going to be there. That's four. How many more are they going to keep? I'd like Ricky James to make it five. You know, I think maybe one more, if that, if you're lucky. Uh, but we'll see. So I think that I'm going to mention Slayton. Um, and I'm going to say Oshin Zimenez. Um, he's – I've never been a fan of his. I didn't like the draft pick at the time. Um, I think he's extremely limited. But – what he does offer is pass rush. He is a good pass rusher, and that's what he's shown. And I think he's having a very strong camp, and I think he's turned some some heads. Um, I would have I would have cut him yesterday if I could have, but but he's you know he's he's had a very good camp, and I think that he is he's ahead of Roche. 
I really do. I don't. I think another another name I was going to mention is Roche. As you say, um, I liked him. I liked him uh, when we picked him up. It was one of the very few decent pickups that Gettleman made last year. Um, he stood out to me. It was quite smart to take advantage of the Steelers cutting him for some reason. Um, I always thought he was decent. So uh, he he was probably our second best pass rusher last year. Not saying much. It was only two and a half sacks, but he was a he was good last year, but uh, he struggled this camp. I don't think he suits Wayne Martindale's defense, so I I have him being cut. But if he if he steps up and has a decent camp, then maybe he survives. Yeah, um, five players you're most excited to see. I'm going to name five off the bat, and we might share. Deshaun Corbin. I think he's going to get extended time. Reed, I think they already know is a two, so they may or may not play him. Antonio Williams and Garrett Brightwell, you know, those guys are probably going to play as well. Um, but Sean Corbin with the third team. Now, the third team offensive line, is it good? Probably not. But if he wants to establish himself as somewhat of an explosive running back, a guy who catches passes out of the backfield, he's going to need to have a great day, a great night, and – I believe he could do that. I'm excited to see how they fit him in on Thursday. Uh, the next guy is Evan Neal. Now, obviously, they're not going to get too many reps, but Evan Neal will be facing NFL action. He'll be facing NFL competition, I should say. Um, there's been problems with him getting out of his stance, but there's also been times where he's totally stonewalling defenders. So which Evan Neal are we going to see on Thursday? Once again, excited to see that. Tight end Austin Allen. Tight end position, once again, going scarce in terms of depth for the New York Giants. Uh, Daniel Bellinger's to make it. Who doesn't want a 6'9 red zone target? I want one. So his blocking ability, that's definitely going to be on showcase. Same thing with the receiving ability. I think he could possibly catch a touchdown. So with that being said, Austin Allen is someone I'm excited to look for, excited to watch. Ellerson Smith, I'm excited to watch him because – now it's put to the test. Didn't show a lot last year in the limited snaps. Has been showing a lot in the preseason in terms of camp. Now it's put to the test. It's the big time. And if you could go up against the ones, twos, and play well, well, listen, that's a roster spot made. The next guy, the final guy for me, is Jeremiah Hall. Andre Miller is out. Jeremiah Hall can block. Jeremiah Hall is an H-back. He can also catch passes out of the backfield. He can run the football. Did a lot of that at Oklahoma, and he is my favorite undrafted free agent as an offensive player. Now, will they use him like they did at Oklahoma? Probably not, and I'm accepting of that. But I am excited to see him. He's been getting his reps amped up, and I'm just overall excited to see him and what he does against the New England Patriots. Donald, five players you're excited to see. Well, Corbin's definitely one because we do need uh, a third-choice running back. Uh, don't like right well, so I would certainly like him to step up. You know, he was, uh, you know, he's not got elite speed, um, not got elite vision, but he's kind of an all rounder, um, and I think there's a role for him. Uh, I uh, I think that there's room for him to, to to make it. So I'd be interested to see how he gets on. Um, you know, there's obviously made that one big touchdown. 70-yard touchdown in college that, that opened some eyes there. Um, he's he's capable of it, and so I'm excited to see how he does. So, yeah, I think I think he's a good one. And Thibodeau, can't wait to see him. He's he's the star of the show. I can't wait to get a number five jersey. I really do. I think he's going to be the star of the show. Um, I'm also interested to see how many reps Saquon Barkley gets because uh, Saquon has been – He's been playing with a chip on his shoulder the last couple, one certainly in the padded practices. He's he's a different guy right now, uh, so I'm excited to see to see him. Uh, another one I'd be excited to see is Richie James. I think he's um, I think he's had a very strong camp, and I'd like to see him prove himself and get uh, and get one of those roster spots. I think he's got that in his locker. And Austin Allen, you said it, man. You said it. He's a Big hands, big target, 
we need that. Daniel Jones needs that. He likes those kind of guys. Um, not seeing much from the tight end spot. So it's right there for him. If he wants it, go, go get it. And uh, as we've mentioned numerous times in the podcast, I think that uh, Joseph Corker was one of my favorite um, yeah, undrafted free agents. I think that uh, I think that he's turning some heads too, so I'm excited to see him. Final subject. Three matchups you're enticed to look out for. Here's my three. Evan Neal versus Matt Judon. Now, Josh Uche played last year on the side of Andrew Thomas, so maybe he plays on that same side. Maybe he plays on a different side. But the point of this is that Evan Neal is seeing extreme competition. These are not just mm-hmm. some flunky-ass edge rushers like Dante Fowler. <laughs> These are proven guys. And... Evan Neal will be seeing them for the first time. So whether he does bad, he does good, he learns from his mistakes, he's seeing NFL competition. That's not the New York Giants for the first time. Uh, The next one is defensive line, Leonard Williams or Dexter Lawrence versus Cole Strange. Cole Strange was argued by a lot of people as a reach in the first round by the Patriots. Guy out of Tennessee, Chattanooga, small school. I don't know how he's been doing in camp. But I have to think that Wink Martindale in a preseason game, whether it's that or the regular season, is going to throw some different looks at this offense. And why not test the rookie? Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, why not throw it at the rookie? Why not throw the book at him, right? So that's what I'm looking forward to. And then the final one, Shane Lemieux versus Davin Goodshaw, Christian Barmore, and any other defensive lineman they put in there. Shane Lemieux had some good reps against the Broncos last year. And right now, he's getting reps with the first team at left guard. I'm very excited to see what he's doing. But he has to show us, even whether it's limited, whatever, he has to show us in game action, not not just this game, but throughout the preseason, that he's improved in pass protection. We know what he can do as as a run blocker, as a pulling guard. But we need to see what he can do as a guard, who can pass protect because that's going to be the future of this offense. Whether they go first few weeks, you know, as a running offense, that's their thing. That's what they will do. But my prediction, my feeling is that down the line, their future is centered around a passing offense. And Shane Lemieux, whether he's a guard, a center, he's going to have to really bussy up his pass protection and his technique. Donald, three matchups you're looking forward to. Uh, Well, also, to bear in mind that how much are the regulars going to be playing uh, in the very first preseason? So, I mean, the I guess the one matchup that would really jump out to me is Trent Brown versus, I would say, Gabe Montebido. Um I think that's going to be a very exciting matchup. And uh, I, I agree with you regarding Lemieux. I, I, we haven't really mentioned Lemieux much today. He's uh, He stood out to me. He's... Uh, He's playing angry. He always plays angry, but he, uh, he's a hell of a run blocker. I want to see him to continue to take that next step. So uh, I agree with that matchup for sure. And uh, I, w- I want to see how Kenny Goldie gets gets on against against their number one corner, whoever it is, whether it's Bob, whoever it is. I want to see how Kenny Goldie gets on. He needs to really, really get better. He's, uh, he's struggling. From, from basically what I've been hearing, he's been struggling, so I, I need to see a little bit better from him. And uh, I'm interested to see how Kadarius Tony does in 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 the very first uh, preseason game. Uh, you know, he needs to show some mental strength because he had such a terrible practice today. We had three three drops, so um, let's see how he gets on in week one of, of uh, preseason. Um, he needs to put that aside, start fresh, and uh, and start turning some heads. Yeah. Um, Donald, final thoughts going into this game. Where can people find you? Even though I already shouted out at the beginning, I also, by the way, before you go and uh, shout yourself out, I accidentally screwed up your Twitter username. I put one instead of seven. So it's dstewart267 on Twitter, not 261. But Donald, where can people find you? 
uh, well, you can find me here <laughs> and uh, in the Boys and Big Apple podcast. And uh, you can if you can find me uh, daily, uh, 9.30 to 10 on Pinstripe Chronicles on Roku and uh, YouTube and Facebook Live and also Nerding Out Sports uh, with my colleague Rob, who's also in Pinstripe Chronicles. Um, we had yourself on as a guest yesterday. Um, we're getting that amped up now once the football season is starting again. So we'll be doing uh, certainly once a week. We'll be doing a show every Sunday probably and then maybe uh, also uh, a post-game show as well. So we'll be doing that during the year. So okay, you can find us on Twitter uh, and YouTube with, with uh, Learning on Sports. Yeah. Everyone, please check Donald out. Like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Also, if you're on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, please check us out there. Do all the good stuff. Donald, before we go, just for fun, do you want to throw out a prediction of the score? Um, sure. Um, I'm going to go with a defensive victory for Big Blue. I think I think Wink is going to give them hell, so I'm going to go 17-7 Giants. I'm going to go, let's say... 24-16 Patriots. Defensive battle. They lose by eight. One possession. But that's it, guys. Appreciate y'all coming back, tuning in, and we will see you next time. Um, that's going to be on Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will have uh recording and all that stuff recapping this Patriots game. Peace. Peace. <laughs>